Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. Welcome to the latest in the second Keen Odyssey. We're almost at the end. I reckon this could be the penultimate episode, Sam. I think this might be almost the end. But Do you remember how long the Keen um, deep dive for his, you know, the second, what was it called? The first the second coming? Yeah, it was, yeah, a, the first it was a very, very neat and tidy seven it episodes. It went on for seven episodes, <laughs> but there was so much in it. Yeah. And this one must have been at least double that already. I think we're on about 12, maybe. Something like well, that. I'm not really paying attention. Yeah. But. And we haven't even, there's been, we haven't got into the Yaffle's not made an appearance yet. No. And we no. haven't even got to Saipan, but that'll no. be for the next episode. What's going on in this one? Well, they've just won the Champions League, 1999. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of the, the, the come down after that. Where do they go from there? Can they do it again? Spoiler alert, no, they can't. Uh, is Roy happy about all of that? Spoiler alert, no, he's not. Um, <laughs> he's talking about... Um, he's having a chat about the um, the young lads, the Becks, the Nevilles, Nicky Buck, Ryan Giggs, Paul Scholes, Class of 92. He talks about them. He says, they eat meals together, socialise with each other, have their own thing going. So he, he seems to be um, not resentful of being outside of that group, but he's uh, wary, I think. He, he looks upon them as a different breed, but they well, are a different generation. It's, it's, it's like all groups. It's like Groucho Marx said: "I'd never want to be a member of a of a club that uh, I'd never want to join a club that would have me as a member." Right? Yeah. And uh, you know, Roy Keane, like a lot of us, you you look at groups, any group that seems tightly knit, and mm. your instinctive response is not to think that night. That's nice. What a lovely group of people. They, mm. It's so nice to see human beings share that kind of connection. You think, fucking wankers. Who do they think they are <laughs> in their fucking little clique? Cunts. Are they fucking talking about me? Yeah, that's fucking what you pricks. think. You think probably fucking talking about me the whole time. But <laughs> in many cases, if they then, if on a rare occasion they turn around and said, hey, would you like to hang out with us for a bit? Yeah. You go, oh, yeah, wicked, all right. <laughs> I'm not doing anything today. Yeah, I'm sure that can be arranged. <laughs> Let me just move a couple of things in my diary. <laughs> they like me with QI, isn't it? I was slagging off QI recently yeah. on a podcast, and then you said, if they called you up and invited you on the show, would you do it? And I said, yes, I would. In a heartbeat, so, yeah, of course yeah, you in would. in a heartbeat. Heartbeat, so, you'd go on that as well, wouldn't you? I'd go on heartbeat. <laughs> I'd go on almost, a, I can't imagine a show I wouldn't go on. Can you? <laughs> We could bring back All Creatures Great and Small. Because oh, we've, be we've touched upon it already. Me and you could be the new um, Christopher Timothy and Doctor Who. It would be the it would be a sort of a modern spin on it, right? Because mm. I feel that I don't know if it was the case back then, but now I feel that there's a much starker division between the rural and urban uh, populations in this country. Yeah. You think it's because of Brexit? 
I think Brexit's heightened it, but it goes back to the 90s and Tony Blair and the fox hunting band. There was this sort of sense. Yeah. That was when the idea of a liberal metropolitan elite sort of took hold amongst the what I call the bumpkin underclass, right? <laughs> and I love the idea of it being... I mean, you're, you're sort of semi-urban because you're from a city, but at the same time, it is in the north, so... Yeah, so it doesn't all have all city. of the facilities that the southern cities have. Not quite. So like running water and you're, you're semi twenty four hour electricity and all that. Five G. We've got six G down there. You yeah. have not. What G are you on? Three. You're still on three G. Still on three G. So the idea, a modern take on it, would be send an urbanite and a semi urbanite into the rural environment yeah. with no, with no training. And, you know, it's a show about them trying to wing their way as um, veterinary professionals. Yeah, and doing the voices and everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he says uh, they, they have their own thing going. And then he says, my thing is different. Oh. Fucking hell. <laughs> What's your thing, Roy? <laughs> What's Roy's thing, I wonder? Got my own thing. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Got my own friends. Me, Michael Kennedy. We're a quite <laughs> tightly knit group. <laughs> Finishing each other's sentences and sandwiches. Um, I socialised with the lads in the 94-95 team more. I was into the drinking sessions, the banter with Robbo, Brucey, Incy and Eric. A different team, a different, more carefree time. Those were, <laughs> those lads were my mates. Now I have colleagues. Oh. So it's, it's a professional sort of element now, isn't it? It's like that thing where you work in a shop and it gets yeah. bought out by a bigger company and there's all new rules and regulations and stuff and you're not allowed to smoke while you're serving people and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a new boss starts in your company yeah. and starts clamping down on some He's, of the little things you had going on. Yeah. And these lads, the Bex, the Nevilles, you know, the class of 92, they've all been brought up the right way mm. so through the United Youth System and they've just been fucking... They've been I given think, the serum. They were I given the. Were, the the serum as, as United Babies. I think and the there was... On it. Yeah, I mean, there was, basically there's there's guys who were... There's the old school, which Roy Keane just caught the tail end of and he was part of because he grew up mm. with probably old school footballers at, at Forest. And then there was a period where the old school overlapped with the new school. So you had veterans who were more like sort of cavalier into the drinking and all of that and then you had like yeah. Bex, Bex coming through with his green fucking smoothies and his yoga right <laughs> and then that probably led to friction but I think now they're out the other side and you know everyone's just boring which is yeah. why as I said in the studio the day which is why I'm really bothered this is probably for a different episode about all these videos that they show now of people in dressing rooms right because mm. uh, it's so clear like if you saw uh, Derby celebrating after their playoff semi-final win. Even if you saw like City after they'd won the league or Tottenham after they won the semi-final uh, or the quarter-final against City, it, it feels sort of forced and contrived, the kind of reverie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think in the old days, you had like amazing stories about what it was like in dressing because these were a gang of mates who spent like, they socialised together, they did everything together. Now there is just a load of individuals with, who yeah. all have their own separate entourages. There are maybe two or three mini cliques, but on the whole, they are all clean living, quite boring individuals. They haven't got a fucking idea what to do when they've won the t- They win the title, 
And the way they're conditioned is they just want to walk off the pitch and then go, now I go home, rest. And then, tomorrow. It, begin, then it begins again tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow we begin the race for the next title. Exactly. But you see them all, because there's a camera there, they feel that they need to demonstrate to the fans that they're passionate in the same way as the fans are. But the thing is, the fans are all alcoholics and yeah. the players are all not. And so... <laughs> There's this sort of weird thing where they all stand in a circle, not touching each other, and kind of awkwardly play the part of someone who's happy about something. As if it's like, you know, Spock when he tries to like, I have seen how you humans respond to your emotions. Now well, I like, shall... It's like they're all media trained to fuck though, aren't they? Yeah, you know they're I mean? even they media trained how to celebrate. They'll give nothing away in interviews, they'll give nothing away in celebrations. Yeah. And, it, you know, it, it, and this thing of covering their mouths now when they talk on the pitch. The whole oh thing is just God. shrouded in fucking control. They can't, they can't live properly. They don't no. know how to live. A lot of them are going to go mad once they've retired. You know that. Well, I, I think a lot of them are mad. But then again, so did the old school players. A lot of them bought... No, they used to buy mad. pubs. They used to buy yeah. pubs and go mad. But then you could easily say, Andy, we all go mad. I mean, you Quite know... One way or another, yeah. Of course. We'll go mad in a way that we're both looking forward to when we retire. Although you could say that we are retired and you could, ar- you could make you can make an argument that we've both always been retired, really. This is not a job. Give or take the odd proper job we've accidentally had in our <laughs> lives. We've basically retired almost the day after we left full-time education, right? I mean, ex- example, right? I mean, apologies to anyone listening who's got a proper job. I've had proper jobs before. I know what it's like. Yesterday, I was supposed to go down to London to record a podcast with Bob and then be interviewed. Yeah. And the trains were all fucked up, so I wasn't going to get there. So I jumped off the train at York, and I went and wandered around York for a few hours by myself. And I yeah. thought, I thought, what's this? What kind of life is this? How did it come to this? You know, well, I've, got, I've been given you, an unexpected day off from that, everything. I think you enjoyed it, though, didn't you? I fucking loved it, mate. Loved exactly, it. and that, that's the most important thing. You weren't shuffling about feeling sorry for yourself or feeling <laughs> stressed that you'd missed your interview with Bob. You were yeah. actually thinking, this is fucking great. I get to have a look around York. I'm in Oxfam probably, buying books. <laughs> you were whistling, that's living all right to yourself all fucking the way damn around right York. Damn right yeah. I was. I was genuinely whistling. As I was yeah. walking around, whistling a little happy tune, smiling at strangers. Yeah. It's wonderful. You anyway, don't get better than that. Anyway, that's probably what's like to be a professional footballer these days. Yeah. Uh, where is he? He says, um, we're colleagues, but I really like them, all of them. We have our fun. Each of us plays a different role in the scheme of things. They mm-hmm. accept me for what I am, a driven bastard most of the time. <laughs> and then he says, I accept them for what they are. But then he doesn't say what they are. You know, he's got <laughs> thoughts and opinions about what babies. they are. Respect- baby robots. I accept them as fucking babies. Robot babies. The worst sort. Terrifying little things. Like those little ones. You can't fucking switch them off, though. What they call them? Little Furby things. And they fucking <laughs> talk every time you make a noise. They'll fucking shout at you and yap. Yap, 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 yap. People say Ryan Giggs was one of the greatest uh, wingers of his generation. To me, he was just a, nothing but a fucking Furby. Scuttling about the place. When I looked at him, that's how I saw him. He was like fucking big track. Alex Ferguson <laughs> had programmed him to run down the wing and then take a sharp right and kick the ball in. And that was all it was. But he was like a Furby with all the hair and quite cute as well. Very strokeable. <laughs> and I used to stroke him. He didn't mind that because he accepted me for what I was. <laughs> a bastard. <laughs> he had a lot of body hair. 
I sometimes thought about running my fingers through it, but stopped myself at the last minute. The thing is, is that, that he says they accepted me for who I was, a driven <laughs> bastard, but they didn't really have any choice. He's telling <laughs> they, himself they, they, that. Yeah. But it's exactly like fucking Begbie and Trainspotting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where they're all like, well, you know, he's a mate, so what can you do? It's a case of what can you do? What, you know, yeah. no one's going to go up to fucking Roy King and go, listen, the lads, me and the lads have all been talking and we think you're a bit of a cunt and you should loosen up a bit. <laughs> they don't want to do it. They just think, fuck it, we're stuck with him. I think these boys have accepted me. No, no, Roy, we're tolerating you. We're fucking terrified of you. Yes, that's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, different words meaning the same thing. Come on now, what's the matter with you? You swallowed a fucking thesaurus, have you? <laughs> Fear, acceptance, different terms for the same emotion. The problem is, the, the point is, you keep your mouth shut and let me be, be, be myself. <laughs> now then, moving on to uh, players that might be genuinely frightened of Roy and, and standards and levels of performance and all that kind of thing. Enter Mark Bosnich from Aston Villa. Uh, the kindest thing Roy says about him is that Bosnich was a likeable character. Then he goes on and says you could write a book about him. Um, and then he says he didn't exactly seem the most dedicated pro. He arrived an hour late for training on his first day. The manager was away somewhere. When Bozzy strolled out around 11 o'clock, I asked him where he'd been. I got lost on the way from the hotel, he smirked. <laughs> Do not say that to Roy Keane. <laughs> he smirked. He was a bit of a smirker, says Roy. Get fucking lost, I sneered. <laughs> yes, mate, said Bozzy. <laughs> your first fucking date Manchester United and you turn up an hour late for fucking training I said <laughs> he says it's funny but this incident struck a chord with me like Bosnich I'd been billeted in the Four Seasons Hotel on my first day six years ago anxious lest I be late Dunphy there um, <laughs> lest I ordered t- <laughs> lest Dunphy come on <laughs> what do you mean lest do you mean unless <laughs> uh, I ordered a taxi told the driver to lead the way to the cliff and followed in my car. That's the cliff training ground, in case you're not aware, to where Manchester United train. He didn't ask him to drive him towards the nearest cliff edge uh, <laughs> on day one. Um, that probably came later. I told the driver to lead the way to the cliff and followed in my car. I was an hour early, says Roy. The little things matter, usually betraying an attitude to the job. In this instance, the signs were telling. I gave him a bollock in to wake him up to let him know what was expected of a Manchester United player these days. Uh, Mark Bosnich... Stayed at Old Trafford, he says, but he never got it. You don't um, get it, Basnitz, you fat arsey bastard. Come on. <laughs> I, do you know what? I thought Peter Schmeichel was a cunt until I met you. Come back, Peter. All is forgiven. I miss someone to fight with. I don't think at I least... can fight you, Buzzy. I'd kill you. <laughs> at least he was up for a fight. You're not even up for that. Look at you. Jalapeño. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. Now we move on to the prawn sandwich thing. Remember oh, that? Yeah. And is this where it came from, this book? No. No, he's, talk- he's talking about He's just reflecting on it. Uh, yeah. He'd done an interview um, talking about the standards and everything and that some of the fans were more knowledgeable than others and some of them just go for the prone sandwiches in the corporate box. Yeah. Um, he says, I was deemed to be having a go at the fans in the corporate boxes. In fact, that wasn't exactly true. <laughs> then he says, corporate hospitality is part and parcel of the deal these days. Fucking, <laughs> you know, fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, I was having a go at the United fans in general and the terraces who were in danger of losing the plot. United had no divine right to success. The real knowledgeable fans, the vast majority, understood this. Perhaps it wasn't really the fans who were getting under my skin. I felt we'd gone soft as a team. The feeling around the place wasn't right. Too many people were still intoxicated by the treble. Uh, mementos, tributes, talks of legends and heroes. United's greatest ever team. Blah, blah, fucking blah, he says. Put three blahs there, Dunphy. And I want a fucking in there as well, just so we can emphasise the third blah. Blah, blah, fucking blah. Blah, blah, fucking black sheep. <laughs> Have you How any you medals? Like that? <laughs> I'm not too sure, Roy. I mean, I see, I, I, lo- I love your passion, Roy, but when you write that down on the page, it might not make sense to the casual reader. Fuck the casual reader! <laughs> You're being paid to capture my voice, Dunphy. Now write it. <laughs> Blah, blah, fucking black sheep, have you any wall? Yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> Three fucking bags full, Dumphy. And when are we going to get on to doing the chapter about my belts that you promised we'd do? <laughs> we haven't done that yet. Chapter five, belts, and the country tried to take them from me. <laughs> a list. A list of 53 <laughs> names. Below is the, na- the names of the 53 individuals who have, at one point or another, <laughs> attempted to take my belts and failed disastrously. Number I should one, point out. I Peter should point, Michael. I should point out that 47 of them are now dead. <laughs> he had disdain that made a lot of sense to me in, you know, towards what he called the prawn sandwich people. And... Mm. Uh, it's funny though, isn't it? Because a prawn sandwich, maybe back then when he said it, was almost like the height of sophistication. <laughs> Whereas in the north of England, it might have been. Yeah. If you look at the way that prawns, that <clears throat> sandwiches have evolved since then. Yeah, true. Now, if you go in, for instance, to M and S, right, and you get a sandwich from there, the prawn mayonnaise one is like on like the cheap section. Like that mm. is not elaborate now. You get all these ones, like you get pastrami, don't you? You Everyone's yeah. got avocado in it. You've got the fucking vegan ones with falafel. you got all you've these... Got, di- you've got fucking pumpernickel bread, the lot. Duck wraps. Fucking duck all wraps, sorts. All of that, right? Yeah. And and uh, But back then, the shorthand for someone who was privileged, entitled, <laughs> spoiled, self-indulgent, decadent, was someone who ate prawns in a sandwich. Prawns in a sandwich. <laughs> Listen, you know, I'm from Cork. There's no shortage of prawns. If you have prawns, 
You have them in a fucking pint glass. You know. <laughs> you don't. You get the. Pro- Let's get this straight. There are people <laughs> coming to watch me play football, and they expect some poor bastard here in our catering department to get the prawns, take them out to the pint glass that they come in. Right. <laughs> Pull off the they wee come, legs. They come out of the sea in a pint glass, don't they? <laughs> yes. They scoop them out of the sea in the nets. What sickens me is they've probably been shipped here in pint glasses all the way from Cork. Right. <laughs> Which, let's not even get into the carbon footprint of that. They take them out of the pint glasses. They peel them. They pour the legs <laughs> off. They pour the heads off. They wash them. They mix them up in a wee bit of mayonnaise. Then they spread them on a slice of bread. Then they put another slice of bread on top. Then they cut it, not once but twice, to make four little sandwiches. And only then are these fucking spoiled cunts prepared to eat them while they're watching me pour out blood, sweat and tears for that red shirt every week. Oh, but they won't do it unless they pat this prawns put between two slices of bread. It makes me sick. (laughs) Fucking sandwich. What do you need a sandwich for? If If you want something to eat, if you're feeling hungry... Eat the things separately. What, you want your mammy to put it together in a special wee kind of savoury cake? Oh, mammy, will you take a prawn and will you mix it in some sauce and will you you put it in nicely in two bits of bread? Eat the prawns, then eat the bread. It's just some kind of fucking elaborate witchcraft. Some kind of ritual. You show it off. Just get all the bits and put them in your mouth together and then just chew them. Mind you, I used to like doing that when I came in from a night out drunk. Mm. opening the fridge and just putting items into my mouth. I would call it a ma- <laughs> I would I would call it a mouth sandwich because <laughs> rather than How would you ma- say how would you have said mouth sandwich in that well, actual uh, uh, mouth sandwich <laughs> because I'd be I'd be thinking to myself rather than rather than um get make a mess get the chopping board out mm. right and like get all crumbs everywhere because you might be slicing a bit of bread then yeah. get you get dirtier knife dirtier plate all that stuff isn't it better probably more environmental to like get the bread out of the bread bin right and if it's yeah. sliced just put a whole fold of slice up and yeah. just cr- cram it into your mouth or if it's not sliced just pick the loaf up and bite a corner of it out of right yeah. Then you go to the fridge, right? You pick up the lump of cheddar, you bite a bit out of that, you get a slice of ham out of that packet of ham, you shove it in. That in. The important thing is you don't chew or swallow any of the items too much until they're all in. Because if not, yeah. it's not a mouth sandwich. It's just a series of snacks. The, the mouth is a preparation area. The mouth's almost like a kind of a separate kitchen. It becomes like your countertop, right? Mm. Yeah. And um, And you put it, yeah. You put all the elements in. You might even want to, like, get the jar of mayonnaise or even some butter and just lick at it, yeah. right? From straight get from to, the bowl or from to the add, packet. To add, to add moisture, yeah. right? And, th- and then you start to assemble it in your mouth by a method that I call chewing. Yeah. <laughs> and then that, the eating can begin. That right there is your mouth sandwich. But Roy Keane would even think that that... A mouth sandwich, because you have to mix all the ingredients up, do you? Make a little fucking recipe. Why don't you make your mind up and just have one fucking ingredient? If you want the bread, have the bread. If you want the cheese, have the cheese. For fuck's sake, man. (laughs) Why does everything have to be a big performance with you people? (laughs) We move on to 
Uh, ready, okay. steady, cook. Ready, steady, cunt, my like. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. We move on to Alfie, Alfie Harland. Um, <clears throat> Roy's described himself at this point as being sucked in the Premiership swamp. Oh. It's the it's that post-treble come down. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's saying that everyone's got complacent and mm. a bit full of themselves. Um, and he says, everything is fine. Manchester City at home tomorrow. Alfie Harland has been mouthing off. Um, Harlan's been saying, if Roy Keane is so worried about the hardcore fans and the corporate boxers, why doesn't he take a wage cut? <sighs> now, you'd think Harlan would be smart enough to realise that his his card was marked. Fucking and hell. And that Roy had his number. But he said, uh, Roy says, I hadn't forgotten Alfie. Brian Robson told me to take my time. You'll get your chance, Roy. Wait. <laughs> Imagine Brian Robson. Hey. Roy, I've heard that you had a bit of trouble from that fucking, what is he, Norwegian fella or Icelandic, whatever he is, mouthing off about you. Scandinavian. Take your fucking time like I did with fucking Jan Molby. <laughs> he was Scandinavian as well. <laughs> and I That's tell the thing you what. about them, they forget. They forget, the, I don't forget though. They're forgetful people. I don't know whether it's the amount of pickled fish they eat or what, but they will forget things quick, and that is where you've got the advantage over them, Roy. <laughs> um, but he says, another crap performance. They're up for it. We're not. City could have been ahead when Teddy struck the penalty home with 20 minutes to go. They equalised five minutes from the end. I'd waited almost 180 minutes for Alfie because this was the second time they played them that season. Three years if you looked at it another way. Now he had the ball on the far touchline. Alfie was taking the piss well, by having the ball <laughs> on the far touchline. He says, I'd waited long enough. I fucking hit him hard. The ball was there, I think. <laughs> Take that, you cunt. <laughs> and don't ever stand over me again sneering about fake injuries and tell your pal Weatherall there's some for him as well. <laughs> Bring your fucking dinner. <laughs> a lot of things to say that quickly on a pitch yeah. before the rev comes over. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Prepared though, well prepared. And then he says, I, I didn't wait for Mr. Ellery to show the card. I turned and walked to the dressing room. <laughs> and that's fucking the passage. hell though. I mean, his whole thing about talking, you know, saying, oh, you know, you don't get it, Mark. You got to put yourself. You got to put the team first. Fucking bollocks! In this chapter alone, the hypocrisy mm. is unbelievable because <laughs> it, he's telling Mark Bosnich just because he was late for training that he doesn't get the Man United way, and it's all about team first. In the same chapter, he said, "I don't really hang around with the class of '92. Don't really like them. I'm more of a lone wolf." So off mm. the pitch, on the pitch, he does a premeditated attack that he knows will get him a red card against yeah. their big city rivals. Yeah. That is not putting the team first, is it? I guess in his mitigation, he's waited till the final minute of the match. He hasn't done it on like 14 minutes or something. So mm. there's, there's been some kind of, you know, it's, it's a measured assault. But that's the paragraph there that got him um, suspended, I think, wasn't it? And got a massive yeah. fine. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing that made this book famous. And we can say this now that we're nearly at the end of our deep dive. It's been fun, but it's quite clear that it's not nearly as good as the second book. No. Uh, And we would encourage you to go back and listen to our deep dives into that if you haven't already. And uh, this book was made very famous, though, by that one passage, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the thing about the second book is a lot of it's off the pitch. 
a lot of its post-playing yeah. days. Yeah. So it's a very different, a more carefree uh, Roy, a more playful. Oh, very Roy relaxed. Yeah, very relaxed. <laughs> So anyway, onto another incident on the pitch. Uh, Newcastle away in mid-September. We three-three. Shearer scores the winner eight minutes from the end. Uh, I grab the ball to take a throw in. It's injury time, deep in our half. Shearer stops me taking the throw in. He's taking the piss. I lose it. Throw the fucking ball at him. You prick! He sneers. You the way prick. he says it, <laughs> you prick. The way he mm-hmm. says it, I know he really means it. I go for him. Try to grab him by the throat. He's uh, grinning. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's grinning you prick he gestures dismissively the red card comes out Shearer's right I am a prick fell into the trap <laughs> <laughs> well yeah he's absolutely fucking done Keno there if it had come to blows between Keane and Shearer I think most people would be wanting I think it would have been a good fight mm. I, I think I don't know who would have won because you know but I do think no, that would most, been most would people been would most people would have wanted Keane to have won. Yeah. Because at least Keane is openly psychopathic. Shearer, I think, is a little bit what's the idea? He's a bit smug, isn't he? Yeah. Smug yeah, bit pompous. He's better now, now that he's loosened up on TV, but he was a bit smug and pompous, bit up himself. And so it would have been quite nice to I quite enjoyed it when Keane grabbed him by the throat. He says, the dressing room's quiet. I've let them down. I can tell by the, bo- the gaffer's body language I've let him down to the point where he's hurt and embarrassed. Mm. Um, usually I can excuse myself when I'm wrong. That's me. Blah, blah, blah. No fucking in that. Just straight three blah, blahs. Mm-hmm. Uh, take me or leave me. I am what I am. Gloria Gaynor there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put, right, I'll put I am what I am, like in the Gloria Gaynor song. Are you familiar with it? No, no, don't feel I'm not familiar with that song at all. <laughs> But, but if you need to put it in, let's try and put it on. I wonder if it's on YouTube. Oh no, YouTube's not really up and running yet. <laughs> um, this time I feel I've let down all the people who've defended me in the past. Teresa, my family at home, the gaffer, the lads in the side, the club. No excuses this time. I've done daft things before, but this time there was no excuse. Poet and the charity shield, retaliation, the night in jail, a setup, all the red cards. Harland, Villa Park, Middlesbrough, Southampton. You're only human, Roy, I told myself. Mm. But this time I couldn't let myself off the hook. I'd had enough of my own behaviour. I'd had <laughs> enough full stop. <laughs> I've had enough of you, Ride. You know that. <laughs> I'm leaving you, you cunt. You can't leave me. You can't leave yourself. You fucking you can't. Watch. <laughs> you watch me. I'm going to walk out that door. And it's the last you'll ever fucking see of me. I tell you that now. <laughs> when he said those words first I was afraid I was petrified <laughs> kept, I, kept thinking I could never live without myself by my side <laughs> so yeah alright we'll leave it there because uh, I don't think this is the penultimate episode I think there's another two to go at least that's um, the point where Roy basically walks out on himself it's it's yeah it's his lowest ebb I think as a player yeah. um, well I don't know Saipan maybe no I think personally um, Saipan was a, a Roy uh, on the up, a Roy in complete control of himself. Yeah, yeah, taking back Roy. control of his own yeah, life. Yeah, but th- this was uh, this was at a low point where something had to change. Mm. So we'll find out what exactly find what out that what was. that is next time. And if you want to go for listen to Glory again, as I will survive now, you know, put yourself in Roy's head. Go for it. <laughs> Ta-da. See ya.
Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.